Hello and welcome once again to the Sustainable Futures Report. It's Thursday the 1st of June. Flaming June. Well, it's not flaming here, it's flaming cold today, to tell you the truth, but we'll look forward to a better summer, or at least a summer, very soon, I hope. Yes, I'm Anthony Day, and today's guest tells me about her journey from being a professional photographer following Formula One across the world until she decided to give it up and concentrate on promoting sustainability. If you work hard on making your organisation sustainable, isn't it nice to be recognised? Karen Sutton founded the Global Good Awards. Here's how it happened. Today, I welcome Karen Sutton, who is the founder of the Global Good Awards. And she's going to talk to us about them and also about the Purpose Summit, which is coming up in London. Karen, welcome to the Sustainable Futures Report. Hello, Anthony. Thank you. Karen, before you started your work with the Global Good Awards and before you started developing sustainable events, you were a professional photographer for some years, I believe, and you worked for big brands and you did it all over the world. I did. Um, I started my career doing GCSE photography, loved it, and um, straight out of college, I went and found a work experience placement that then gave me a job. Um, and I trained as a photographer and I trained in the um, in Formula One. Uh, so I was at the age of 19. I was traveling around the world, camera in hand, photographing Formula One. Um, and some of our clients, um, I'm slightly sh um, shameful of that now. They were tobacco and oil and gas companies, which is a bit of a far cry from um, what I believe in now. <laughs> So what changed your, what brought about your change of heart? It, it kind of wasn't really a change of heart. My um, boss at the time had been working in Formula One for 30 years and um, he was kind of on the verge of sort of retiring from a very heavy living out of a suitcase, eight months of the year career. Um, and I'd only done it for three years. I wasn't really in a position to be able to carry on looking after those clients because, you know, Formula One photography is a, a pretty high end um, skill. Um, so he sort of retired and I sort of followed him for a few years running a digital mini lab. This was the, so I was, I was photographing in the mid nineties with film. So we had to get everything absolutely pin sharp and absolutely perfectly exposed. Um, and we'd spend a, you know, a good 24 hours um, processing everything and making selections. It was sort of like the old, old days. Um, so I sort of followed him into a digital mini lab, ran that for a few years, but um, the the white walls were closing in on me and I needed to get out. So uh, I did. Um, I dabbled in a few other things for a while. Um, I set up a marketing agency and I still sort of have that going in the background, uh, which is a good, a good tool to have to run the awards. Um, but then sort of it kind of fell into the awards in a way I set up within my marketing agency, I set up a little community group called Business at Brooklands. I was in a in an office in the middle of Weybridge um, where Mercedes-Benz World and the old Brooklands Museum is. And I set up this little group of uh, businesses um, that came together every quarter to network and support the local community. And somebody asked me one day from a, one of the larger businesses there, have you ever thought about rewarding organizations for what they're doing in their community? And I said, oh, well, I have, but 
I kind of thought, well, it would be too small to do in Surrey. But then it kind of started beavering away in my head. Um, and six months later, the awards were kind of the concept of the awards sort of started. Um, and I named them initially the National CSR Awards, and it was only in the UK. So is it now international then? It is, yes. So we changed our name in 2018, 2017, 2018. And pretty much immediately after I launched it, I knew that CSR was not the right term to use anymore. Um, and uh, it was one rather um, drunken night with a few of our uh, other fellow judges at a little hotel called a floating hotel in East London called the Good Hotel uh, um, that supports um, ex-offenders. Mm -hmm. and by employing ex-offenders and um we came up we wanted it to be global and we loved the word good good was then not really used widely in uh in many in many company names it is now um so yeah we came up with the global good awards and immediately launched it as a as a global um uh, an awards program so yes um it is now so what's the what are the criteria for somebody to receive a global good award so we've got about 16 categories they change um occasionally according to you know the trends and stuff in within social and environmental sustainability um but we have one very important difference with our awards to many of the others um our judges sort of know about and that is that we only reward for action um, we don't reward for aims, targets and roadmaps because we don't believe that they should be rewarded. They're great. They're great roadmaps. They might be. Um, but uh, you've you know, you're not going to win an award for, for it with us until you've achieved it. Right. Um, and these actions are aimed all uh, at sustainability. Is that correct? Yeah. But it's social and environmental sustainability. So, you know, community right. partnership projects, education campaigns. They're all, you know, social, environmental, all very much part of sustainability. A lot of people think sustainability is all about the environment only, um, but there's a lot of crossover. Right. So, yes. Are you able to give me an example of, of some of the recent winners and the sort of things that they've done? Um, yeah, why not? Um, so uh, uh, last year, one of my, one of my favourite projects last year was um, one by a company called Delag Delagua. Um they were supporting people in Africa with cooking stoves that used um, tiny bits of twig um, and so that would be dropped on the ground so it wouldn't be cutting down trees. Um, and they were, they taught the women to cook in a way that reduced the air pollution to the families cooking in their huts. Um, and these stoves themselves reduced the the, um, the pollution by extraordinary amounts. Um, I can't ex exactly remember the number, but it and now they've reached millions of families across um, parts of Africa, and it's it's been an incredible project. And th and they don't just deliver the um, stoves and just walk away. Um, they've got teams on the ground. They've got local teams on the ground um, visiting the families again, making sure they they yeah still using the stoves. Um, and I know that they've got a, something like a 97% um, rate of people still using them. Um, and they're now reaching out into um, other countries. I think I think they've got something like two and a half million stoves now delivered around Africa. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so yeah, it's 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 got a big social um, benefit because um, you know if if kids are healthier, they can go to school. Um, it's it's just created a much better environment um, for every for everybody in the villages. Mm. That's just I, one example. And they only they only, they got silver. They didn't even get the gold. So oh, <laughs> and right. it's just one it's just one project that stuck out for me last year. I think that's the thing, though, isn't it? of all these projects it's creating a better environment environment in the broadest sense because as you said there's a social aspect to it as well as the basic uh, and environmental issues yeah you say it's international what other countries uh, are involved in applying for awards um well oh, we have a lot from the middle east um asia not not so many from africa um about 50 percent 40 50 percent is from the uk because obviously we're in it's an english language entra entrance so sometimes there will be some um language barrier um but quite a few from the us um starting to get some more from scandinavia eastern europe um all over europe really so yeah it's it's we get, we get them from pretty much every continent right now, you have an annual awards ceremony, but am I right that this year, instead of having the uh, Global Good Awards, you're going to have something which you're calling the Purpose Summit, which will take Correct. place in London in October. Tell yes. me a bit more about that. Um, so I'll tell you about the summit in a minute. But the reason yeah. for the change was I was getting rather disillusioned um, by selling tickets to companies that I knew hadn't won an award regardless of whether they're a small company or big company, if they're buying tickets to come to an award, um, we were encouraging an environmental impact by encouraging people to travel to a ceremony that really was just about having a few drinks and doing some networking. And I believed that we need to move on from that. Awards in general need to move away from just having no purpose to come together for an award event. Um, past participants have said to me that they'd be really interesting to learn more about the winners um and what their projects were and how they got to where they are um so i thought it might be an idea to split the awards into two parts firstly it will be a free virtual ceremony for everybody in july it'll be streamed on youtube um and that will announce the winners which that will be held on the 12th of july and then mm -hmm. followed by three months later a pretty jam-packed day of purpose-led content, which will be the Purpose Summit in October. And the focus on that event will be practical workshops and listen and learn um, panel sessions. Um, and each of those sessions will include at least one gold winner from the most relevant category to that topic. And they'll be sharing their insights about why they won, what worked, what didn't, what were their challenges, what, what best practices that they learned that they can share to help other organizations make a positive change and make that faster so that'll be a face-to-face -face event will it also be available online uh yes we're gonna we're gonna run some of the sessions the listen and learn sessions uh virtually so people around the world can um, can join in but we do have a no-fly policy for our event so for speakers and for guests we do not allow them to fly in for our event unless they've got a good reason to be coming to the uk already and I believe we are the only awards also that does that. That's very interesting. That really is. Yes, yes. So you're taking a broader view than just what your um, award winners might be doing. 
by looking at the carbon footprint, if you like, of aviation and so on. Yep, yes. And um, taking a broader view, what do you feel about net zero 2050? Um, are we on track? And is it a sensible is it a sensible target anyway? Um, it has to be. Um, we can't we can't push it any more than 2050. I mean, if you just if you think about um, I think there was some scientists um, I read about last week saying about the El Nino that we have um, this year has already warmed ocean temperatures. Um, and it could, you know, it could mean that in one or two years we could reach that 1.5 degree of warming, which would be so much quicker than they ever imagined. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think we are on track? Um, I don't think we are. No, I don't think we're doing particularly well at all. Um, there are some great, there's great stuff happening out there, and there's some brilliant startups and innovation that could really drive change a lot, really quickly. Quickly, um, but I think politics is getting in the way, and I think policy is too slow to change. Um, just take building regulations in the UK, for example. Um, some construction companies are really going further than they need to, um, but a lot aren't. You know, houses are still being built with no renewable energy installed on floodplains, on green belts. And those houses will need modifying very soon to meet those meet those goals. You know, my local council are building another 700 homes close to me on a floodplain, on a really busy road, and they've just found a badger set and adders who are both two protected species and they are going ahead with the work, the, the construction. Mm. And that really annoys me. Um, mm. And I've, I've read all of the environmental reports on this particular project. And um, th- all of all of the environmental side with renewable energy on the on the bu- on the buildings, we're just talking about we could do this or we might do that. We'll consider this. None of those houses are going to have any renewable energy sources put into them. And there's 700 of them um, and they're on a floodplain. So if, you know, they might be underwater way before they need to be modified. So, yeah, sorry, I get off my soapbox. (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, how do we change policies? How do we get the governments to change policies? I mean, is the the approach by Extinction Rebellion uh, the way to do it, do you think? Or, or, Or what should we be doing? I think Extinction Rebellion needs to exist. Um, And, you know, if you think about it, civil disobedience got women the vote. Um, So we can't all sit back and hope everyone else will do it. Um, And that change will, you know, change can only happen because the power and the pressure of people. Um, The only thing I don't agree with with Extinction Rebellion is, and I'm not sure it was them or it was the the, uh, Insulate Britain, uh, but blocking motorways, I was I had a bit of a um, darker view on blocking motorways because they were blocking ambulances. Um, and um, I, I heard on the radio somebody come on. He was sitting in a traffic jam and they said, oh, where are you going? He said, oh, going to insulate homes, but clearly not today. And it was and they were being blocked by insulate Britain. So I thought that was quite ironic. Um, yeah. Yeah, but generally, that is a bit I, of a, that's a splinter group, of course. But yes, we take your point. Sorry, yeah. carry on. But I, I, I do know they are sort of, um, you know, having a rethink about how they go about um, um, challenging things. And um, but yeah, generally, I've been out on a couple of um, on a couple of marches with them. 
Um, right. And I, right. I've never experienced any problems. And yeah, I, I absolutely agree. They need to exist. Um, but like any organization, I think it, it needs to be carefully managed and good PR and good communications and good, good management. Right. Well, going back to the Global Good Awards, how many people will be applying for awards this year? Um, hundreds. They already have, actually. We closed for entries um, two or three weeks ago. Yeah. So I have 42 judges beavering away online. Um, we started with five judges back in 2015. We now have 42. Um, and I only ever choose judges that are experienced in those particular categories. So they, they, I, you know, they, they have the experience and knowledge within that area. So the net zero or campaigns or community partnerships, education, um, all of those, all of those. So yeah, they, they, I only give them the categories that they know a lot about. Right. Well, all in all, you sound pretty optimistic. Is that fair? I'd say so. We've got to get there, haven't we? Eventually. We've got to get there. I love to, to hear you say that. Yes, that's absolutely true. Yes. No Karen, thank you very much for, for sharing your thoughts and ideas with uh, the Sustainable Futures Report. Now, we'll put uh, links to both the Global Good Awards and to the Purpose Summit on the website, on the Sustainable okay. Futures Report website, and mention those dates as well, the 12th of July and the October date as well. So thanks again. Thank you. Thanks to Karen Sutton. The websites you need to learn more are purposesummit.co.uk and globalgoodawards.co.uk. Thank you for listening. And as always, grateful thanks to my loyal patrons. I'm being inundated with requests from people who want to be interviewed on the Sustainable Futures Report, and I have to be quite ruthless about who I accept and who I send away. I'm going to aim to get a batch of interviews done at the end of this month, which means I'm probably going to have to write a commentary episode next week. Who knows what the news will be by then. So for now, that was the Sustainable Futures Report. I'm Anthony Day. Until next week. Thank you.